Hello and welcome to the Killian Brady Performance Podcast where we discuss everything you need to take your performance to the next level. On this week's episode I'm delighted to be joined by Neil. Neil is a Wim Hof instructor and he will discuss all about the Wim Hof method, how it works, the benefit it can have when dealing with pressure and Neil talks us through the science behind the method. So I hope you enjoy. Neil, thanks a million for giving up your time and coming on the podcast, I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. So we're on to discuss something that we do every day. We pass no remarks on, but can have a massive impact on our life if we use it right. And that is something as simple as breathing. You know, as you, as you said, you know, our autonomic nervous system breathes for us all the time. Um, we very rarely give it much thought, but our life begins with a breath. Mm-hmm. You know, that first breath we take brings life into us and it kind of starts our life off and it ends and that breath stops, you know, and in between that, there are, you know, many, many millions of breaths that we take and each of them is very important, but we very rarely think of them. But, you know, what we know if we start using the breath a little bit is that the breath is like a remote control for the nervous system. So when our breath is erratic, out of balance or shallow, that's how we start to feel. Our nervous system is how we perceive, you know, our experience of life. If our breathing is calm and slow and deep, then we start to feel calm and deep and peaceful as well. So um, just by changing our breath, we can change the state of our mind. We can change the state of our body. We can change our nervous system. And I think that's, that was really the point at which I thought to myself, this is so important. What, just going off top of a bit straight away, what got you into all of this? And we'll talk a bit more about the Wim Hof method and stuff, but where did your journey start? Yeah, so um, I mentioned just before we started, you know, I played basketball for Ireland for a long time. So my obsession from when I was about 12 was, was basketball, you know, sleeping, uh, dreaming about basketball, getting up, playing basketball. You know, the school was a way in order for me to get out of there to go play basketball. You know, everything was about basketball. So, um, but behind all that, I, all, I always had these kind of philosophical questions bouncing around in my head about, you know, you know, who am I and you know what is it what is it to be a human what is this experience that we're having you know these big philosophical questions that loads of people kind of struggle with so then they were getting louder and louder so I was continuing to play basketball and I kind of I was playing for the senior international team um very young maybe I was only maybe 20 at the time but these questions are so big now in my mind that I just had to give it all up I knew that basketball couldn't provide the answers for me at that point um so very abruptly, I just stopped playing to surprise my, my coaches, my family and friends, I'm sure, in order to go and try and figure out uh, some of the answers to these questions. So that led me to initially into martial arts. Um, so learning how to fight, learning how to breathe under that kind of pressure. And martial arts divided into external and internal kind of arts, you know, so breathing was a big part of that. That then led me into yoga and meditation. And that led me then, you know, to explore all different types of ways that the body can naturally improve itself. The body can naturally heal itself. Uh, and eventually then as part of that, uh, Wim Hof method found me. Interesting. That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> that's yeah. That's fucking great. And when you found it, what was it about that, that you were like, I need to know more. Yeah. So by the time, what age am I now? I'm 43 now. So I was in the kitchen one evening, um, preparing bottles for our twins they were just born 
and we had two older boys as well. So we had four children, myself and Josie, and we were at a point in our lives where, um, you know, it's such a pleasure and a privilege to have that many children. But it's also very difficult, um, and it's a big, a big change in our lives. So we were struggling, we were exhausted, and we were uh, very stressed, and there was a few deaths in the family, so we were dealing with that, of grief and, and, and that as well. And even though, you know, I was always looked after myself, I was definitely, definitely struggling. And I heard Wim talking on a podcast, and I actually couldn't believe what he was saying. That, you know, just from this very simple breathing technique, and then combining it with gradual exposure to colds, that we could dramatically improve our health, dramatically improve our strength, and dramatically improve our mood. And that it was all scientifically proven. Um, you know, so I had, as I said, I had all this maybe 20 years experience previously of, of these things, uh, breathing techniques, meditation, healing techniques. Um, but, what re- you know, but something about the way Wim talked about the science part of it really hooked me in. Mm. And then I just, I started practicing it and it was quite immediate from the start how, how beneficial it was, you know, where myself and Josie, and Josie started doing it as well, where we had been stressed and exhausted. All of a sudden now we had, we had energy where we hadn't had energy for years. We had, we had mental clarity and calmness that we hadn't had for years as well. Even dealing with the heartache and, and grief of, of the deaths in our family, it just gave us a buffer zone. It gave us time to kind of deal with all those things. So the, the effects were so immediate that I just thought to myself, my God, this is like the missing piece of all the other stuff that I had looked at. This was the final piece that I've been kind of looking for that made everything else more you know more meaningful um so I just kind of committed everything that I had to learning as much about it as I can as I could and that led me down to the track of being uh, an instructor and that was I've been an instructor now for three years so for someone that's listening to this going that sounds exactly what I need what, how would you describe Wim Hof, the Wim Hof Med, to someone that doesn't know about it? Yeah, so firstly, it's very simple. You know, it's very simple to learn and very simple to follow. Secondly, it's highly effective. The minute you start doing it, you start to feel different. The actual techniques themselves, there's kind of three parts, but the first are these simple breathing exercises. So it's like 30 big breaths and letting go and then holding at the end. And there's a great free app called the Wim Hof Method app that'll take you through the breathing. The second part of it is gradual exposure to the cold. Now, I know some people listen to this and go, oh, I hate the cold. Oh. But the cold has a unique influence on our, on our body and on our biology and on, and, the, and on the endocrine system and on our mood and on our mind. So it's kind of com- gradually using the cold as a force for good in our life. And if you're listening to this in Ireland, now the sun is shining, but like half the year here, it's freezing cold, not icy cold, but the wind is cold. It's damp. Yeah. You know? so, so it's actually something that we can turn from something that we're like, we don't like to something that's a part of our lives. Cause we are these amazing animals that need this, this kind of cold and discomfort. So that's the second part. And the third part is the strength of the mind, the focus of the mind to be able to, to, be able to link the breathing and the cold together. Um, and ultimately when we start to kind of use the breath as a force for good, and use the cold as a force for good, then the mind becomes stronger. It's able to focus under pressure, becomes clearer. Um, you know, and they're the, they're the three parts of the Wim Hof Method. And as I said, it might, sound, um, it might sound like this big thing, but it's actually so simple to learn. The breathing is simple and the cold. Everyone has a hot shower most days. Yeah. Just learning to turn that to the cold and finding when that cold water hits us, it's using the breath 
to find comfort and a sense of control and, and peace in that cold. Because of course, when the cold hits us, bang, we go up into fight or flight. We go, <sighs> and everyone's felt that if they jumped in the sea or they turned the cold on by accident. And it's learning how to get us from that state of agitation, that state of distress, down, down by using the breath into a state where the body is relaxed, when the body can adapt, where the body can grow and heal and repair itself. And that's really where the value is. So when you talk about just uh, breathing, and can you use the same breathing techniques for when you get into the cold water? Can you use them breathing techniques in certain situations where, again, you go into that fight or flight mode, like a shower, although taking it into a different circumstance, whether you're you know, in a situation that you're very unsure, very nervous, very scared, can you use the same breathing techniques that you'd use to try and calm your system with the cold water? Yeah, so just it's actually a good point because um, full Wim Hof method breathing includes holding the breath at the end of 30 breaths. So we always do that type of breathing, lying down or sitting down, somewhere really safe. So we never do that in the cold or in the water. But we take one element of that and we bring it into the cold. One element of that is focusing on the exhale. So just using our mind to focus on long, smooth exhales when that pressure comes. And that's the breath we can take with us anywhere. You know, so that, that kind of fight or flight that survival mode, that emergency mode that hits us when the cold hits us is the exact same that hits us when we get an email that has you know, some kind of difficult news in it or a phone call or somebody that we work with or news. You know, there's lots of different ways that pressure gets to us and the cold is just another pressure. Stress is a pressure. Anxiety is a pressure. All of the you know, trauma is a pressure. Grief is a pressure. So when they hit us in the different forms, the body reacts in a similar type of way. Heart rate starts to go up. Body starts to get tense. You know, all this essential energy is pulled from, say, the immune system, for example, or the digestive system and pulled and pushed into fight or flight. So no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in under those pressure, we can use the breath, the exhale, long, smooth exhales. And within about four, five or six of those exhales, the vagus nerve, which sits up here in the back of the brain, and it runs down into the gut, that starts to activate. When the vagus nerve starts to activate, one of its jobs is to get us down from a state of agitation into this state where the body's relaxed, where it can adapt, it can survive, it can find a way out, it can deal with the pressure. And that, that's really the lesson you know, that we should all remember from this chat, is that no, no matter what circumstances you're in, trying to focus on your exhale can give you that control and that peace no matter what the pressure yeah and i think that that's that's why i ask because i think a lot of the times when we get into them scenarios we don't have the tools or techniques to try and get out of it so we end yes. up just sitting in that state of uncomfort and going in the opposite direction of down this rabbit hole of what might go wrong what will go wrong yes and a lot of times people just don't have the methods to be able to say like you said focus on the breath and come back out of it and focus on the here and now rather than letting ourselves go off on this big tangent of yeah. way down the line and thinking about stuff that might never happen instead of dealing with it here and now and kind of getting yeah. And I think it's worth saying that when we're under that pressure and we move up into fight or flight mode, there's a, there's a very important reason why we do that. You know, it's, it's to help us survive, you know, and it has helped us for you and I to be sitting here on Zoom. Our ancestors had to live hundreds of thousands of years in incredibly harsh conditions and yeah. the fight or flight mechanism got us to where we are now. But as part of that mechanism, we 
immediately start to evaluate what the worst case scenario is. Yes. You know, so if, it, if there's some predators after us and we're looking and thinking, oh my God, the worst case scenario is this tiger eats me. You know, anything that, w- that doesn't happen, anything that happens that's not that is a, is a slightly positive thing. You know, the tiger's only pulled my leg off, you know. So our mind is built to start thinking like that the minute we go into fight or flight. So anybody who's listened to this and thinking, oh, I'm always thinking like that, that's absolutely normal. How to, yeah. You know, that's, that's part of the emergency mode of, of survival. But what this breath does is it gives us the chance to take us from this fight or flight mode, which is essential, which is needed, and then use something that is already in us. We're, already, we're designed to, be, to deal with short bursts of stress really effectively. We're not designed to, be, to deal with prolonged stress. Like, like the situation now, people are uncertain and they're worried. Yeah. And there might be weeks and months of this ahead. We're not, we're not built to deal effectively with that. So we're using the breath then to engage these, these kind of mechanisms that we have inbuilt in us to bring us down into this state where we can, again, engage the parasympathetic nervous system, get us into, you know, get us into a place where the body can recover, recover from the stress. You know? mm-hmm. so, and I think for athletes particularly, this is a huge thing. For everybody, it's a huge thing. Yeah. Um, but particularly athletes, and I've had you know I've had the pleasure of working with some very good athletes, top athletes. I, I won't betray his confidence, but I was working with an Olympic uh, gold medalist, and he was st- struggling with this. Yeah. You know, so in his sport, he had to go to the, the starting position, and there was a minute and a half before they began the the event. So his problem was that in that minute and a half. He was going into total survival mode. Yeah. You know, heart rate was going. Dum, 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 dum. His mind was again thinking about the worst case scenario unfolding before him. And, and here's so what we did with him was you practice using this exhale, and it is a practice. You know, we can't just call on it when we're under that pressure. I think you that's important to, for people to practice remember, it. Like you know? can't just do it once and then say, oh, "I'll do it." Whenever, yeah, so we practice it with him, and no, it has to be. It has to become. Second nature, yeah. fight or flight is second nature. This has to become second nature. So we worked with him to work on that exhale. And then what he did was that that minute and a half before he began, from the time he, he got to the start line till t- he performed, that minute and a half became this opportunity then to get himself into such a position that the body was so relaxed, the mind was so relaxed. You know, so when, when this conscious mind is turned off, all that subconscious training that goes in, the repetition of, of the movements, the repetition of the tactics, that's all, that all just comes out, boom. You know, because there's no conscious mind in the way worrying about what's going on. So it's about you know, using those, upper, those difficult times as an opportunity to actually practice this and get us into a state where we can adapt. I think for people listening to that that are in sport, I suppose we discussed this Pokemon sport, exams, school, college, business, it's realizing that when you get into that state, not to let your mind go. And like that, a really important point, I think you said, and I think that comes with a lot of mindfulness or meditation or any of that stuff. It's not a tap. We can't switch it on and go, okay, I kind of need it now. So let's hope it works. Yeah. You know, I think it's a practice that people need to give the time to adapt, to get better, to get used to and find out what works for them rather than just trying it the day of a race or the day of a match and hoping it'll work. Yeah, and, and, and you're absolutely right, because if you were to think of, let's say, uh, pick a sport, like say football or something, you know, if, mm-hmm. if a person was, let's say they're, they're going to take a penalty and it's going to win the World Cup, 
that is not the time to be practicing some new uh, way yeah. of kicking the ball. You know, that's the time to be so relaxed that you go up and you strike the ball as you have millions of times before in training, you know, without thinking about it. Um, so you're right. These types of things are practices and they have to be done multiple times to reprogram because it's reprogramming the circuitry in the, in the brain. You know, like we're, if we're used to doing something a certain way, the mind is, is, you know, the brain is wired in a certain way to carry out that task. So we have to kind of wire it in a different way over here to carry it out in, in, a, in a different way. So, um, it's, it's the same with, you know, we were saying before I have four young children and I try to practice this exhaling with them when they're not in distress, yeah. you know? So at the beginning I used to, I made the mistake of like, they'd fall over and they hurt themselves and I tried to breathe with them and they'd be like, ah, and I was like, this isn't working very well, you know? So for either of us, <laughs> for anybody. So we do a little bit of practice, you know, an incentivize. It was like, okay, everybody, everyone gets a packet of crisps. We're doing it, you know, if we do our breathing over here, and then again, so when it comes time to when they're distressed, then they, it, it's there. We can, we can use it then. Sometimes when people think of stuff like this and people that don't say, go to you for help or go to someone, what to do is to jump into a freezing cold sea or a freezing cold bath and expect, sure, that didn't work. Sure, that, you know, <laughs> as you said, they don't understand the steps, they don't understand the breathing. So jumping into a blue bucket of ice and then expecting, to sit there for five minutes and control everything isn't going to work. You have to start at the very basics. Yeah, and that's one of the big underlying principles of the Wim Hof method is that, you know, even with the breathing or the cold, everything is, is gradual, you know. So respecting the sea, respecting the cold, respecting the ice, taking it gradually in there because, you know, when we get into that cold, it's only the cold that ever wins, you know. And, the, and this is the other big lesson. You can't fight the cold, you know, so, so taking it gradually is very important. And that's, you know, so when you're in the cold up to your neck in ice, the, the lesson is that you can't fight it, you have to let go. And in that moment of letting go and surrender and yielding, then you can find your breath, you know, and that's, that's a lesson for every other part of that's our life. That's a great point. Yeah. You get into the, the person's normal reaction into the cold is like this. And I've worked at sports teams and I know a lot of teams, you know, use ice baths and the usual approach is, right, everyone in five minutes like this and everyone's full fight or flight tense the body's yeah. tense adrenaline's running through the body you know they're near they're getting like a small bit of the benefit where i try to to retrain them to think about it like you get in and you try to use the breath to relax the body yeah. then the inflammation is going down now you don't have to have to spend any amount of time in, in the ice when you're relaxed but when you're tense like that, you don't really get as much benefit. You have to spend a lot longer. Justin, you said, I'd say most GA players have done that at some stage. And I'd say every listener is just thinking back to the time they've done it. They'd hop in, couple of roar, scream, shout, yeah. to to each other, <laughs> hop back out into the show. You know, and, and yes, of course, there's some benefit. But, you know, there's probably a hundred times more benefit by approaching it with with control and with the yeah, breath yeah yeah no, it makes perfect sense i think anybody that does it when you see because that's the whole point of it to get into a fight or flight state and then kind of relax in that state it doesn't make much sense to get into a fight or flight and then go completely mad when you're in it yeah yeah and it's the same as again it's the same in a match or is when the pressure is on you know when the pressure is on in the performance no matter if it's sports or otherwise if we are becoming more tense you know, our focus is becoming narrower. You know, we actually want to be going the opposite way. We want to be kind of 
you know, relaxing the body. So our focus is still paying attention, but it's wider. We can see the opportunities. We can see the, the ways to adapt to the situation, you know, rather than it coming like this and we're going into full fight or flight. So it's trying to find, you know, it's trying to find those moments of comfort and it's a skill finding yeah. those moments of comfort in discomfort, you know, and life is full of discomfort. You know, we're never going to be able to escape it but we can, we can learn how to deal with it. And it's only when you, when you talk about it, it makes so much sense, but I suppose until you know, it just, to me, just thinking of it now, I'm like, that makes perfect sense. Why would people jump into an ice bath and then go mad and jump out? Yeah. And that's a bit, but then the way you explain it, with your breathing and all that, just, just makes sense. And a lot of this, I think that's the thing about all this stuff. And that's why I like the Wim Hof Mad, and we'll talk about the science behind that in a minute, but it just makes sense. Yeah, and I think from my own experience now, um, playing international sport, there was the nutrition side, there was the physical training side. They even had, you know, it was early days, like it was 20 odd years ago now, so, but they had the early days of kind of like the sports psychology part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they were start, starting to look at it more holistically, but no one was talking about the importance of the breath you know mm-hmm. no one was talking about the importance of using the mind to control the breath to control how we're feeling to control the performance you know so uh, and even now it's it's not as common as it should be for for athletes yeah. but in, in saying that um say the english rugby football uh, the english rugby team had wim hof in with them um a couple of the nfl teams that were in the super bowl a couple of years back both sides had Wim Hof instructors working with them, you know, so where there's big money to be made in sport, they will, they're looking for that tiny 1% advantage over everybody. And they'll, you know, and the Wim Hof method is deaf. It's nearly, I've said it before, but it's nearly like an unfair advantage knowing how to use your breath, you know? Yeah. Um, Because on a, on a playing field at any time out of 20 people in any sport, whatever it is, it's the one who can kind of find a way to deal with it. And, you know, you look at the best sports people in whatever sport they're in, they find a way of dealing with this pressure, you know. And here we are saying, look, here's a systematic way of dealing with it. You know, anyone can use this. Now, the best ones will find an even better way of doing it, you know, yeah, but, yeah. but it's just giving everybody a chance. That's something that we all look at. We all, we all know that you have to remain calm under pressure. But up until now and up until recently, nobody was looking for ways to try and do it. We just thought it was a thing that just happens or you just, there's certain yeah. people that are just calm under pressure and that's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. And now and we have that we can use to, to and, be Yeah. And people used to say, you know, take a deep breath in, you know, and they were, they were kind of halfway there. It was actually like, take a deep breath in, but a longer breath out. You know, you know when you take that long breath out to relax yourself, the in breath happens naturally, you know. So yeah. we were nearly, we were nearly there. <laughs> we had a, a foundation level course done on us, <laughs> but we weren't paying attention. <laughs> and usually, when you took one breath, it didn't work anyway. So, but it was no, no, exactly. it was planting the seed. Yeah, exactly. So, just I touched on it there for people that are a bit skeptical of stuff like this, and I know there's there is people I go into teams, and you just know people that are a bit oh, that's, yeah. that's nonsense stuff. Yeah, what's the science behind this Wim Hof? There was an experiment done with Wim Hof himself, was there? Yeah, it's 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 amazing actually. That's what really got my attention uh, with with the Wim Hof method. Um, you know, so Wim would often talk about the early kind of days of the Wim Hof method, where he was um, doing these things that he would call circus acts. You know, so these incredible superhuman world records that he held over twenty five world records at, at different points. 
so he'd be kind of encased in ice for two hours. Um, he'd run up, he ran up Mount Everest in a pair of shorts only, no breathing gear, nothing. Um, ran a marathon in the desert in Africa with no training, no water. Uh, you know, these superhuman things. But really what Wim is trying to do by calling these kind of circus acts, he felt that he could, he could control his immune system, that he could boost his immune system at will. And he felt that he could take control of these parts of the body that they're autonomic, so they're not, we're not meant to have any control over them. Um, so he was doing these things to try and get the scientific community's attention. And eventually um, he did. And eventually they said, okay, look, you know, you've just run up Kilimanjaro in a pair of shorts in record time, and you'd done Mount Everest the, the month before. Uh, we need to bring this fella in. So the, the, the fir- you know, one of the major scientific studies was in Radbach University in, in, in the Netherlands, where they had an existing model where they tested people's immune system and they tested the efficiency of drugs, where they would take people and they would inject them with a form of E. coli. And then within about 15 minutes, people would be sick. You know, they'd be nauseous, fever, aching, headaches, all these type of things. So they had an existing model. So they, they plugged women into that. So they uh, injected women with a form of E. coli. Uh, Wim was using the method, using the breathing. And within about 15, 20 minutes, as I said, people should feel quite ill. And women had very, you know, no symptoms. So this turned our understanding of what the the body and mind is capable of literally whoop upside down all of a sudden here was this fellow that had control of his of his immune system but of course the logical question then is but yeah you're the freak whim that can run up mount everest it's no, it's no wonder you can do something like this you know so the second big uh, study then about a year later was you know it takes a, so long to get these studies in place that they took a group of quote-unquote normal people and Wim trained them in the fundamental, uh, fundamentals of the Wim Hof method, which is what we cover in, in the workshops. And they brought them into Radbach University and they had a control group. So they injected the control group with a form of E. coli. They injected the Wim Hof trained people with a form of E. coli. And the Wim Hof trained people were able to fight it off, no symptoms. The other group, you know, sick, as you'd imagine. So this then was huge, groundbreaking, you know. So this was covered in nature uh, magazine this was in pnas i think the uh, proceeds of the national american society just some big kind of peer-reviewed pnas um, publication as well this was huge you know all of a sudden it gave us a glimpse into what we're capable of and since then there have been there's studies coming out all the time into the wim hof method and pain wim hof method and inflammation you know, you know, pick pick a disease, you know, and they're kind of trying to figure out what the influence is with Wim Hof method and and it. So, to me, that's fascinating. You know, massively, massively yeah. And, and I think a big part of it is, you know, I'm no scientist, but what I can see from the outside is that a big part of this is as science becomes better at measuring, you know, as we become more sophisticated as at measuring things, we can kind of discover more about what's actually going on. You know, mm-hmm. so they're able to now the last. Um, big experimental whim they were able to stick him in a suit that um released ice cold water into it and then hot water into it and they would put him in they were doing brain scans of his brain as the, as this suit was going from hot and from cold and from hot and from cold um and they found that whim was able to control the temperature of his body just by by thinking you know because he wasn't able to do any of the breathing in the brain scan otherwise yeah. the brain scan machine won't be able to pick it up 
So the water temperature stayed even and the cold water was actually being warmed up by whim back through the, you know, they couldn't put enough ice in the machine to keep the suit cold. You know, so within that, they saw that in the, you know, the, the old part of the brain, the brain stem, whim was able to release through the breathing endocannabinoids. So, you know, helping us feel euphoric opioids helping reduce inflammation and pain so it's amazing now what what science can show us is going on with the Wim Hof method. yeah I mean, you know, yeah anybody who's done it feels it you know yeah. all you have to do is do the breathing for a while and jump in the, in the cold and get out and you feel euphoric you know you feel whatever aches and pains are gone you know but it's great now that science is actually showing us how that's the case because a lot of skeptics was around different things that we just couldn't measure or we couldn't, you know, justify, but we're working, you know, yeah. and there's loads of practices out there, but now with this, you can actually see. So if it works for something like that, if you bring it right back down to your performance, your, you know, school, college, work, business, life, whatever it is, if the extreme of that can happen, if you take a bit of it and add it into your everyday life, it can only have a positive effect on it. Yeah, and one of the things that I kind of, I love about it is its effect on inflammation. Mm. You, you know, so inflammation is the athlete's worst nightmare. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's stopping their recovery. It's making them feel tired. Uh, you know, eventually it's leading to diseases or injuries. And like for a normal person as well, you know, the inflammation, inflammation is the cause of many, many of the kind of lifestyle problems that we kind of are facing now as a society. And what we've seen from the science is that when you do the kind of breathing correctly and when you kind of find comfort in, you know, that discomfort of the cold, inflammation is going down and down and down for days afterwards, which is huge. Benefits on all sides. So nearly yeah. before performance, during performance and after performance. Absolutely. You know, that's exactly how I would break it down. You know, for your preparation for your performance, um, you Alkaline, you know, so the body is in this kind of comfortable state where the muscles are working properly, the brain is working properly, the you know the alkalinity in the body is is just right. In the performance, it gives you the ability to kind of relax under pressure and to deal with whatever's going on. And then after their performance, your recovery times are just you know just so quick, you know. So I wish I had known this <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> yeah, and I said there's loads of people thinking the same because even it can prolong your career. It can, you know, in, injury prevention, all of this stuff that it comes into, it can have a massive impact. Even for younger people, if they get into it now, throughout their career, it's going to have a significant impact for something so simple that they can do, you know, on a daily basis. So I think yeah, it, like, it like it's up there for me with kind of flexibility, the importance, you know, the importance of flexing those muscles, mm -hmm. you know, and stretching and mobility. You know, for me, the ability to kind of build a sharp, powerful mind through the breath is, is as important, you know, and it's really, it should be one of the aspects of anybody who's kind of seriously training is trying to sharpen that mind to a point where it's no longer your enemy in situations, mm -hmm. but it's actually your ally when you need it to be. Very, very good point. Very, because a lot of people say when it comes to mindset, it's, some people see it as a, more of a hindrance to like, oh, if I could just leave my head in the changing room yeah be better off but as, as you perfectly put it there why not use it that yeah that makes so much sense so neil just before i let you go i want to just for people listening to this like this is great stuff about your workshops you know how does it work or you know 
what would people expect or what the benefits are of you know signing up with yourself yeah so um hopefully now we'll be back teaching around ireland pretty soon uh, so you know we teach we teach workshops all around ireland um, and we teach the the fundamentals of the wim hof method so as we talked about what those people learned when they were they were put through that experiment you know so we teach the the, the breathing we teach the breathing and and how to focus on your breath under pressure uh, we teach how to approach the cold how to get into the cold how to survive and relax in the cold how to warm up afterwards so so all the kind of essential skills of the Wim Hof method. So we do those. It takes about three hours or so. And by the end of it, people have exactly what they need to take home and to practice and to make it a part of their lives. But most importantly, what they're getting as well is they're getting that, you know, their stress levels are going down. You know, their inflammation levels are going down. Their levels of pain in the body are going down. And on the upside, energy levels are starting to rise you know, their ability to focus on their pressure is improving, their body's more alkaline, your sleep is better. You know, there's so many benefits. Um, and it's all, you know, it's all just in a short hour as you learn that, and then it's something you have. Yeah, from then things to be, again, a double and a knock-on effect on the other aspects. So it's, that's just the beginning of, of the journey. Yeah, that's just the beginning of it, absolutely. So, Neil, where can people find you? I'll put your... Instagram and Facebook in yep. the show notes. So is that the best place to contact you? Yeah, um, and the website is just breathewithniall.com. And uh, yeah, Instagram and Facebook are a great place to find me as well. It's for people that are just listening there going, but that's nearly a feckin' idiot. It's a marketing person's nightmare. So my name is Neil, as you rightly said. Yeah. But it's spelled the Irish way, N-I-A-L-L. You know, there you go. So anybody <laughs> judging me listening to this, <laughs> just need to spot on. <laughs> Neil, thank you so much for coming on. And I appreciate all the information you've given and hopefully someone listening to this can take it up, get in touch with yourself and start to use their mind as a tool rather than something that they wish to just leave behind. Absolutely. And just and remembering that the breath is there for us anytime we want to change how we feel or how we think just by changing our breath. Thank you, Neil. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you want to find out more information about my Mindset for Performance programs where I help you take your performance to the next level by working with you to put a plan in place. We look at goal setting, identifying key milestones and targets, obstacles that may occur, accountability and overall help you build your confidence. Head over to my Instagram page at Killian Brady or KB underscore performance underscore coaching for more information. Until next time. Keep moving forward.